Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Okay, Krista, today I really want to dig in and talk about something that I think a lot of business owners in general, but especially designers struggle with, and that's targeting and attracting the right, like, ideal clients. This is such a good topic. I see so many people struggle with this all the time, and it's something that especially newer business owners just plain don't know how to do. They know they want to and should, but they don't know how to do it, so I am pumped about this topic. Yeah, exactly. I see and hear people say, you know, they get a lot of inquiries, but it's for people who won't pay their prices Mm -hmm. or it's for projects that they really don't want to do. And to build on that, you know, I'm sure you've seen this too, but I see a lot of questions in our Facebook group and in other groups about how to get more ideal clients, how to get clients to pay your prices and so on and so forth. And I really think that it just boils down to making sure that you're attracting the right clients. Totally. You don't want the people who want $200 website tomorrow to be the ones that are attracted to your stuff. You need to put in the work to attract the people you want to work with, who want the the types of projects you want to work on. I definitely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's just dive right in since we kind of already are <laughs> and chat a little bit about how Um, you guys can target and attract better clients. So I think the first step with this is to actually know who you are targeting, which sounds so obvious, but at the same time, I think we all kind of struggle with this at some point or another. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. When I first started, I, well, I, I started by just targeting everybody in the world. And then I felt that pressure to start attracting a certain kind of client. And I remember... Um, thinking that I wanted to work with heart-centered business owners. And I like went on Twitter and started following all these people that had heart-centered in their bio. And it's like, no, that's that's not how you do this. So, <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> I love you, but that's not really how you do it. It didn't work, by the way. <laughs> but I definitely was there too when I was just getting started. I think um, I usually tell people when I was finding my first clients, I was like responding to tweets and that kind of thing where people were saying they needed blog designs. And because that's kind of, you have to do this kind of hustle when you are getting started. But I would respond to literally anyone who looked normal and be like, (laughs) hey, I can do your blog design. Just email me and I'll do it for really cheap. You know, I think you, I think you have to start kind of broad and then, you know, narrow in. So 
It may seem counterproductive to have a specific niche. And I know I have definitely thought that and you probably thought that as well Mm -hmm. with your design services or honestly with whatever services you offer. But it's so important to do because if you just focus on targeting anyone and everyone out there, you are so much more likely to get inquiries for projects that you don't want, Mm -hmm. that you don't enjoy doing for people who aren't going to pay your prices, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I do think that it's so important to know who your target is so you can be better about attracting what you want and, you know, people who will pay for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And without kind of doing what you said and working with anybody, you can't really tell who you do want to work with. Like, it does take trial and error. So if you're kind of starting out and you're thinking about this and like, I have no idea like who I want to target, that's okay. Like you'll figure it out over time, but you just have to pay attention as you go along. Yeah, definitely. I think it's okay for everyone to start out broad, do a ton of different kind of projects. And then the more experience you get, not only in running your business, but doing the actual design work, then you can start figuring out who it is you really enjoy working with and how you can keep targeting those specific people. So if you're not sure who to target, so maybe that's what our listeners are thinking. They're like, I don't even know who the heck I want to work with. What are you talking about? I would say a good starting point is to take a look at, you know, your most recent 10 projects or maybe even all the projects you've ever done. And really ask yourself, which ones have you enjoyed working on the most? And I think when you start digging into those projects and examining, okay, why did I like this project so much? You are going to naturally find out that there's something similar about all of them, unless you really just like being a jack of all trades and doing a little bit of all kinds of design work for everyone. So I would say start looking at those similarities. Um, Maybe a good example of this is maybe you've done a lot of designs for fashion bloggers or you've done branding for local restaurants. You know, when you're starting to see those similarities, you're like, wow, all these projects I have really enjoyed have been for this type of business owner or this type of blogger or whatever it is. And you can say, okay, from... Now, going forward, this is who I'm going to target. And something else that I definitely want to point out is that this does not have to be your forever decision. So if right now, where you are in your life maybe and in your business, you enjoy working with fashion bloggers or you enjoy working with local businesses, that's totally cool. You may not feel that way in the future. And if you change your mind, like that's not the end of the world and it's not the end of your business. Definitely. And you might even find that um, you continue to enjoy those types of people, but maybe they don't need the projects you thought they did or they're not willing to pay as much as you thought they would be. So you can kind of fall out of love, I guess, with this specific audience you decided on for different kinds of reasons. And that's totally okay. Like, don't let that throw you off. 
Absolutely. And when you find yourself like getting burnt out or just not enjoying those projects as much anymore, it's time to kind of go back to the drawing board and reevaluate and then change some of the things I'm going to talk about next so that you can transition from the one type of target market that you had into the one that you would rather work with. So that kind of brings me to my next point, which is you have to make sure that your website reflects who it is that you actually want to work with. (laughs) So important and so easy it seems to forget about. Yes. So the very first place you can start is with your messaging, which I think a lot of times as designers, I know at least for myself, I feel creative in one way and that's through creating designs, but not necessarily through creating copy that Mm -hmm. targets those people that I want to work with. But it is through the copy on your website where you're getting that first impression across to people of who it is that you're targeting. So if you do not want to work with food bloggers or you don't want to work with a certain kind of people, then the opening line on your website should not mention (laughs) anything about those people, right? So instead, you want to be clear straight away, right on your homepage, who it is you want to work with. I usually tell my coaching clients and those who are asking me questions about this, that you want to have something right in your header, you know, or somewhere on your homepage that says, what kind of design work you do, and who it is that you do that for. That way, the first time someone lands on your website, they don't have to guess. They don't have to click around on a bunch of pages on your site. They know right away whether or not they want to keep going further and maybe want to work with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can keep it super simple. Like literally what she said, you could say blank designer for blank if you want to, or even... um, write out sentences or whatever or use images that will attract just a certain kind of person that you know will pull the kind of person you want to work with in more than others. So you can go about it in different ways, but just make sure that the right people are going to resonate with whatever you end up doing, whether it's super simple and just including that one sentence or if it's like through imagery or something else. Yeah, I think you hit on a really good point. You don't have to have your copy like on point to make sure that you're attracting those people. Things like your images and other stuff that I'm going to talk about in just a second, like your portfolio, can also attract those right clients that you want to get. Mm -hmm. So a couple other places aside from your homepage that you can make sure that your messaging is like right on track to target the right kind of clients is to talk about your ideal client on your about page. So think about it. When someone is just landing on your site for the very first time, they are going to look at your homepage or whatever blog post or however they got to your site, and then they're probably going to go to your about page next. And this is a page where you obviously want to tell people about who you are, but you also want to make it really, really clear who it is that you're targeting and how you can help them specifically. Yep, yep. And again, use pictures if you can. I think on the about page, you know, using a couple paragraphs or at least a few sentences is important because people are in more of the mode of reading. But if you can back that up again with imagery or whatever else you can find, like that's just gonna kind of put it in place and make it really solid for those right people. 
Absolutely. And if you are not comfortable writing stuff, just a side note, you can always find copywriters mm -hmm. out there who will help you with this. And you don't have to hire someone to revamp your whole entire website. You can hire someone who will help you rewrite your about page. And then you can take some of that stuff that they wrote for that page and you can use it on different pages, mm -hmm. on your site, on social media, whatever else that you have. Yes. So Another page too that I think you should talk about your ideal client and their struggles and how you can help them, that sort of thing, is on your services page. So talk about not just what your services are. So don't just say, I'm a designer, I do branding and website and whatever the heck else you do. Say, okay, this is who you are, this is what you're struggling with, I see you and I wanna help you with these things. And then say, okay, here's how I can help you and introduce your packages. So you really can expand your messaging on your website so much further than just on your homepage or just on your about page. You can really touch on these points to hit your target market on every single page even on your website. Mm -hmm. And something you just kind of said in your example that I want to point out is like on the homepage and about page, you're kind of saying more general type things that attract your ideal audience, like saying, kind of focusing more on like the end result on your about page in the beginning is the perfect place to hit a strong pain point, which is exactly what you hit in that example course. Start out by saying, this is what's going on right now. Like, I get it. I feel you. And then you have this amazing solution to present to them. Absolutely. I think talking about not just the benefits, but recognizing what they're struggling with. And we actually talked about this a little bit when we were talking about crafting proposals for your potential clients. Like everything that you create for your client before they have actually booked their project with you should be you letting them know, you know, that you see that they are struggling with something and you can help them through whatever your packages are, that sort of thing. You started your own design business. Yay! The creative side of your business, the side where you get to spend your days designing, rocks, but everything else, not so much. Maybe your days are starting to run you and you found yourself not doing nearly as much design work as you'd like to be. Instead, you're trying to stay afloat under an ever-growing to-do list of invoicing, sending contracts, staying organized, scheduling projects, and so much more. You're making money, but you know if you could just get your business more organized and create a better client experience, then it'll be easier to raise your rates and make running your own design business more enjoyable for you. If you're ready to ditch all of that overwhelm and get back to loving what you do and even looking forward to getting to work in the morning, head to getbacktodesign.co slash coaching and learn about how we can work together one-on-one -on -one to streamline and grow your business so you can get back to design. So another place on your website that you can make sure that you are attracting the right clients is through your portfolio. Now, 
I think there's this stigma that a lot of us kind of get stuck in and we think our portfolios have to include every single project we have ever worked on, no matter how old it is, no matter how much we hate it, no matter how much our design style has changed. And when you are just getting started and you have nothing else to show in your portfolio, yes, you kind of do have to pad it with some of those older projects that you totally don't love as much as the others. But remember that when a potential client lands on your site and looks at your portfolio, they are going to see right away the type of work like your design style that they are going to get from you. So a really good and crazy example of this is if your portfolio contains neon colors and all these crazy hand-drawn fonts, then that potential client is going to see that, hey, that's your style. You use these bold colors and these really fun fonts and they are going to right away assume that you are going to do the same exact thing for them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's just natural. It's just they when someone's looking for a designer, one of the first one of the main things they're looking at is someone who gets their style, who they look at their work and they're like, "Oh, yes, this is what I want my branding or my website to look like." So that's why kind of being choosy when you can is so important on your portfolio. Absolutely. If you have projects in your portfolio that are really outdated because your style has changed or you didn't like how they turned out as much, take those suckers off your website. Like there is no rule that you have to show every single project you've ever done, you know? So use this space to really curate your projects that are not only your best work that you're most confident in, but also that align to more of the type of work that you want to keep doing. So a good example here is if you Say you have been doing branding and website design and you no longer want to do branding for whatever reason. If you still have all those branding projects in your portfolio, people are going to be emailing you saying, hey, can you redesign my brand? Yep. Like it's natural. A lot of people don't read your whole, whole entire website. So they might miss where you were like, I don't do branding anymore. I only do web design. So you have to make sure that just like we were saying before, every spot that someone would land and look at your work really is showing people what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And when people miss something like that, they're not being like, I don't know, annoying or dumb or whatever. Like they're just getting the wrong idea from what's on your website. So you have to take ownership and responsibility for what you're putting on there. Exactly. And I think a good thing to do for your portfolio is maybe twice a year to kind of go back and look at it. If nothing else, then to add new work, because I know as designers, I have seen a ton of people say, I haven't updated my portfolio since I can't remember, you know, <laughs> I don't know the last time I put new work in there. So if for no other reason than check out your portfolio to make sure you're adding new work. But you can keep going back a couple times a year to make sure that you are including the right kind of projects that still align with who you want to be working with. Mm -hmm. I love that point. So important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, if for no other reason than just to make sure that your portfolio <laughs> is up to date, because I know I've been there, we're like, we're so busy with client work with all this other stuff. And then we go to our portfolio and we're like, 
that most recent project was like three years ago. I don't have anything more recent than that. And I know I, you did that lately too. <laughs> yep. Yep. I did do that lately. <laughs> so one of the last places on your website that you can really make sure that you are attracting the right clients is through your content. So by this, I literally mean your blog posts. We've already talked about your messaging and your copy on your other pages. So this really comes down to your blog posts and even actually what you're putting on social media. And I think that everything you put on these two places should relate back to your target audience and even benefit them. So I don't think every single post you put on your blog or every single thing you talk about on social media has to be some form of educational content that's targeting and benefiting your target market. But I do think that a good maybe like 75 to 80% of it should. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And I'll just bring up what we're doing for this podcast with our marketing. We are being very intentional about the content we're putting on social media to make sure it is targeting designers specifically and benefiting them. And yes, like general business and freelancing advice fits, but we are also making sure that a lot of it is like specific to designers. So we're not pulling in people that aren't going to care about what we have to say. And the exact same goes for your design services. Yep, we actually did that with Coded Creative too. Mm -hmm. Like we don't share any content that talks about Squarespace because our themes are not for Squarespace, yep. they're for WordPress. So we, you know, share content, not only that we write, but that other people write that's about WordPress. Like mm -hmm. it's, it can be as simple as that. So a couple ways that you can do this is to just focus on showing off your expertise to your specific market that you want to work with. So a good example would be if you design like invitations and whatever else goes along with that for weddings, then the kind of content that you're putting on your website should be for women like who are about to get engaged or who just got engaged and are planning their wedding so that you can get them in with that similar content and you can also pitch your services by saying, hey, I see that you are planning your wedding. This is the kind of design work I can do. This is how I can help you. And then boom, you know, you're good to go because you're targeting the right people. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it sounds like we're oversimplifying, but we're really not. Of course, it takes a lot of work, but that's what it takes to get the right kind of people. Just talk to them. Yep. Yep. If you want to just be able to put whatever the heck you want on your site, on your social media, you can go for it. It's way <laughs> easier to do that. But I can promise you that you will not be getting the right kind of people inquiring to work with you, which at the end of the day is going to leave you probably more burnout mm -hmm. and probably a lot more frustrated with those people. Yep. Even though, honestly, this is some tough love. Honestly, you should just be frustrated with yourself. <laughs> yep, you're exactly right. <laughs> okay, enough of the tough love. <laughs> so my next main point on what you can do to really make sure you are targeting and 
attracting your ideal clients is to make sure that you are networking and hanging out where those people are actually hanging out. So Krista, I know, I think someone just asked this in our Facebook group and they were like, what Facebook groups can I go to that has clients in it who need design work? And all of the comments on there were like, you don't want to go to those groups because those groups are where people just want to find work for like the cheapest dollar possible. Yep. I think all of the um, comments that where people were saying, you know, find places where people you want to work with are hanging out. So it's not necessarily people who are saying, hey, I need design work done, but it's people who are going about their business or their blogs or whatever it is they have and do, and you're kind of getting in there and helping them and getting your name out there. So that's like basically my whole entire point that I was just about to make. But anyway, <laughs> um, so once you kind of know who you're attracting and you know that you're website and your social media, everything aligns, you do want to make sure that you are putting in the time to actually get your name out there. So if you are not looking to work with other business owners, then being in Facebook groups or going to conferences with only other business owners attending or hanging out there, that means you are investing a lot of time to network with the wrong people. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And that's a mistake that people make a lot, I think, is I think just because this online space, so many people are targeting other business owners that those that aren't kind of get sucked into it and just do it on accident and don't even realize that, oh, I am talking to the totally wrong people here. Like, it's great to learn and, you know, make friends who do something similar, but that is not going to make you money in the long run. Yeah, exactly. So you want to focus on getting your name out there with the people who would actually hire you, who you want to hire you. So a few examples that I have for you is to find Facebook groups, just because we are all in Facebook groups right now, um, that your target market is hanging out in. So if you want to work with bloggers, get in some groups that have bloggers in it. If you want to work with business owners, get in some groups that have business owners. If you want to work with local businesses or local people, make sure you're getting in groups that are local to you. Don't just get in groups that have a ton of people from all over the world because if you are primarily trying to target local businesses, then that's not necessarily the right thing. Mm -hmm. So another thing you can do, which I think we kind of shy away from this, especially you and I because we're introverts, nope. <laughs> but you can search for online or even in-person events that your people would be attending. So summits where you can communicate with the other attendees or real in-person events where you see someone face-to-face. Yeah, I know. It is kind of scary to think about that, especially, like I said, because both you and I are introverts. <laughs> but I think depending on your niche and your personality, too, obviously, mm -hmm. that can be a really good place to find potential design clients. And not only that, but get to know other people and other businesses that target the same industry. And I know 
you have been doing this, Krista, really, really well. And it was actually something that my business strategist reminded me about in January. It was like, don't just go after the people who would hire you, but also try to get your name out there to people who would be giving referrals yeah. for designers. Yeah, that is a game changer. And I mean, it, it can be scary to for designers. I mean, there's like all kinds of different things, copywriters, whatever, things like that. Um, but certain ones are going to seem more intimidating than others. And especially because to get the best results, you kind of have to go for people who are a little ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just found out in my own business. I actually had two people who target designers as their main audience, who I had goals to do something with by Q4. And luckily, both of those people reached out to me in Q1. Um, But that has, like, it's been made such a big difference. Like, in a guest post I did, I've done lots and lots of guest posts. And, like, the most opt-ins I've ever gotten from one is, like, five or something. (laughs) I did a guest post on a blog of someone who also targets designers. I got 50 opt-ins in the first day that post was live. (laughs) So that's just how you guys can see, like, this is not, like, a little, you know, just this little thing you can do. This can be a game changer to get your name out here um, with people who target the same people that you do. Exactly. And one way other than guest posts that I know both of us have been doing is coffee chats. And I am going to be straight up with you guys. I resisted (laughs) the coffee chats like no other. I'm just going to step in here. Yep. She was like a beast about these coffee (laughs) chats, you guys. Yes. (laughs) She did not like this idea. I got chewed out big time for (laughs) trying to get her to do these things. Yes. I think we might have gone one night without talking to each other all together because it was like, I don't want to do them. And you were like, you have to do them. And I was like, whatever, bye. (laughs) Sounds right. But that is a really good way to get to know other people. I have to be honest. It is a good way to get your name out there to other people who might be giving their clients referrals for designers, you know. So a good place to start would be with copywriters, obviously. You can also go after virtual assistants, you know, kind of branch out there and think about anyone who would be working with the people who you want to work with. So it may be a little bit different depending on who your target market is, but sit down and brainstorm and I will tell you the same exact homework that that business strategist told me. List five names for the different niches that are out there and email them and be like, hey, do you want to get on a coffee chat so we can see how we can support each other. And you don't necessarily have to say that. I think I would actually say, you know, how I can support you more. And then naturally during the coffee chat, it'll come up how they can support you as well. But yeah, as much as I don't want to admit <laughs> that it is a good idea, it is, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard to get, get used to it and get those first few out of the way. It's scary. And it can still be like, it feels like a burden in your day sometimes to have to, one, look halfway decent, <laughs> <laughs> unlike we I sometimes do on this podcast, but like put <laughs> away your design work for a little bit and get on Skype with someone face to face and just have a conversation. Like it can feel like it's a waste of time, but like Corey's saying, like it makes a difference. 
Yeah, and not only that, but something I noticed too with a couple that I have had later in the day, if you have a crummy morning, sometimes getting on these calls with people that you don't know so you can't just get on and gripe about how terrible <laughs> your morning was, it forces you to get a positive outlook and be upbeat with them. And I think that can really just change the whole rest of your day which is good for nothing else than you're in a better mood doing your work, responding to your clients. You're not like chewing them out <laughs> because you had a crummy morning. So yeah, totally sidetracked, but that's okay. But you don't have to only network with the people in your target market. So it is important to think that you don't only have to be talking to people that would hire you. However, you want to think about, you know, that return on investment. So if you're investing a couple hours per week, which turns into, you know, several hours per month, then it is really important to make sure that at least a good chunk of that time is you chatting with people who would potentially hire you or refer you and help you get more work. So homework for this episode. Um, I have three little things. And the first one is really easy. Maybe not really easy. <laughs> but ask yourself who it is that you want to be working with. So like we said at the beginning of the episode, take a look at your past projects, really dive in and see what you've enjoyed doing the most. And then number two, make sure your website reflects this. This doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a brand new whole entire website design. You don't have to redo all of the copy on every single page, scrap all your blog posts, start from square one. No, you don't have to do that. But little tweaks here and there to help you make sure that your website has the right messaging. I promise you guys, it is going to help you really make sure that you're attracting those ideal clients, those right people that you want to work with. And then the last thing is even if you are resisting it so, so much, make sure that you are hanging out where your target market is. So get out there in Facebook groups, set yourself a time, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes a day to get your name out there. Answer questions. Be helpful. Don't just get in Facebook groups and then pitch your services to everyone that's mm -hmm. in there. Actually be helpful. And I promise you these things definitely will help you target the right kind of clients and help you get some good, good work that you actually enjoy doing. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design. Thank you.